This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Imagine someone calls you for a jazz gig that's to be performed in a couple of weeks and they hand you the list of repertoire, 20 songs, and you don't know any of those songs. What would you do in order to learn a lot of jazz songs quickly? And is it even possible? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about strategies to help you do that, to be successful in a situation like this, as well as some strategies that will help you for the long term. Let's jump right to it. All right, everybody, Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. I am a jazz coach, and here at Learn Jazz Standards, we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I plan on helping you improve your jazz playing today, and so thank you so much for your time. And let's jump right into it, right? So I gave you kind of a scenario in the intro there where we're talking about a situation where perhaps someone calls you for a jazz gig where there are a lot of songs you need to learn fairly quickly, right? It seems like almost an impossible situation, especially if you're someone who is a little bit more of a beginner to intermediate player and musician is not used to learning a lot of material very fast, right? Now, another situation that this might come up is, you know, your goal is to play at a jam session or even just with a couple other musicians that you know, right? And they have a list of repertoire that they know, perhaps let's just say 10 to 15 jazz standards. And there are five to 10 of those that you just don't know, right? And so in order to successfully play with them, in order for you to feel confident to go play at this jam session and uh, not feel embarrassed that you continually don't know the songs you feel like you'd have to learn these songs fairly quickly in order to dive in and get engaged, right? So how do we go about doing this? What are some strategies or some advice that I can give for learning material quickly? Well, first of all, I've definitely been in this situation before. Back when a vast majority of my career was based around performance, this would definitely come up where sometimes we would be doing a a wedding gig at a cocktail hour party and it was with a singer and a singer had a certain set of repertoire. Every once in a while, uh, we would do a gig. I would do a gig at a club where a musician wanted us to play a lot of their original music, right? And so we would have to get the charts and I'd have to learn that music. And usually not a lot of a lot of time really to perform these pieces. And of course, all the time situations would come up where you're playing at different jam sessions or playing at a different gig. And there are jazz standards that 
I don't know. And so I'd have to figure out how to learn those tunes relatively quickly and, and much quicker than I would have preferred to. So I definitely have experience with this. So I'll give you some of the things that I've done. And this question actually originally came up during one of our monthly jazz masterminds in our Inner Circle membership, which is a live Q&A. You could call it office hours with me. I do every single month. And one of our members asked this very question, except for their situation seemed a little bit more extreme. This particular person mentioned that there are around 50 songs that he's been invited to play in this band as a pianist that he needs to learn how to play. And oftentimes, you know, doesn't really feel very confident playing with the group because he doesn't feel like he knows these songs very well, right? So it's a very extreme situation where he feels under a lot of pressure that he has to learn these 50 songs very quickly, right? And so essentially some of the advice I'm giving you today is the advice that I gave this particular member. So first things first, let's talk about how I would recommend learning a song, especially a jazz song in the first place. Well, in last episode, episode 429, I actually go over this exact process, how to learn a jazz song. Now, if you listen to that episode, then you probably noticed that this is actually a fairly extensive process. And that's because my process for learning a jazz standard is one that will not only help you learn a song very deeply, help you for the long term not to forget it, to really memorize it, to really internalize it, but in such a way that when you're studying this song, you're going to be improving on a lot of areas of your musicianship that just helps you learn other songs even better, right? So can we do this in a situation where we just have to learn a lot of songs quickly? And the answer is no. But we'll talk about how later this is an important, important thing to be doing on the regular learning songs deeply in the way that I described in our last episode, which I'll summarize a little bit, um, a little bit later in this episode today. But first, you have all these songs to learn. How are you going to go about doing it? So the first thing I do is, obviously, I ask for a list of songs from whoever it is that I'm playing a gig with so that I know what those are, okay? The second thing is, if we're at a jam session, right? I'm going to a jam session and I'm figuring out what songs do I know and what songs do I not know. And I'm keeping a list of those songs, right? To make sure that, hey, here's some songs I didn't know this last time. These are ones I need to fill the gap in. So that's the very first step really is making sure you know what songs you obviously need to know first. Because instead of just freaking out and going like, wow, I can't do this, Obviously, we need to just start with very simple steps, which is what are the actual songs? What are the materials? Now, if these aren't arrangements or original music, I would go and make a playlist of all these tunes. So for example, if we're talking about 20 jazz standards, I need to learn fairly quickly. I'm immediately going to go onto Spotify uh, and whatever you, you choose, whatever you use to listen to music these days, create a playlist of these tunes and then just make that a regular part of my listening, right? 
I'm just going to be listening to these songs all the time to get familiar with them. Because the worst thing that you can really do is if you're trying to learn a lot of songs quickly is just kind of go straight to the music and not start listening a lot. Because at the end of the day, if you're not really familiar with this music that you're trying to play, it really is going to set you up for not a lot of long-term success, right? So the idea is definitely get these songs into your ears right away. So at the very least, you're starting to listen to them, starting to get familiar with what the what the melody sounds like, get familiar with the form, um, get familiar with hearing the chords, even if you don't understand what they are and so on and so forth, okay? So that's that's kind of our second step there is get a playlist going of the music to get familiar with it. If it's original music or arrangements, ask the person uh, if they have recordings of their original music. Oftentimes in my particular situation, the person would have some sort of recording, whether it be a bootleg or in my case, sometimes someone actually will have actually recorded that music before. And then of course, I'm going to be listening to that music. In some cases, um, I'm particularly remembering a saxophone player I did a handful of gigs with, played very complex music that went through different time signatures, um, very difficult to play. And it was essential for me that I was able to hear the recordings of that music, right? Instead of just reading it off the sheet um, to be able to hear what it actually sounds like uh, it, it was really important, especially before the rehearsals, so that I didn't crash and burn on those tunes. I mean, those tunes definitely required rehearsal. It wasn't something you could just show up to the gig and start playing. So all that being said, get recordings, start listening to it. Okay, number three, when you have to learn songs quickly, you have to realize that your primary goal is not to memorize the songs, okay? So we are not trying to memorize 20 songs in one week. I mean, right. If we have like a month and you really want to memorize these songs and you think it's going to be worthwhile to you to do that, then absolutely you can start taking measures to start memorizing these songs. But if we're talking about a very short period of time to learn a large uh, set of repertoire here, I'm, I'm not really focused too much on memorizing. I'm more focused on getting familiar with the tunes. So if it's jazz standards, um, I'm going to be getting chord charts out right away, right? I'm going to be getting chord charts out right away. This is this is a moment where there is absolutely no shame, right? Sometimes we hear in the jazz world like, hey, learn songs by ear and um, all that stuff, right? Which is realistic for some and not realistic for others. And, and especially if you're not a seasoned musician where your ears are great and you've learned a lot of songs and you can hear chord progressions and patterns and stuff like that already, then obviously, you know, we're going to have to get some chord charts out. That's okay. Right? So whether you're a horn player, whether you're a piano player, guitar player, get that chart out and start looking at those charts. Right. And, and just immediately go, all right, how much time do I have until this game? Let's just say it's a week. So let's do five songs today, right? Five songs, just kind of working through all of, of these changes and making sure like if you're a saxophone player, you know, you can maybe play the arpeggios of the, the tune that you're analyzing the tune and how it works. So for example, this is where, and we'll talk about this later in the episode about the importance of deep studying is part of your musical diet. But it's important that you would look at a jazz standard that you need to learn quickly and go, oh, okay, so how does this song actually work? It's really important that you can do that and have this skill and develop this skill where I'm looking at a chart. And for example, let's just say it's the tune Autumn Leaves. Well, Autumn Leaves, right, 
it's a 251 in the relative major and it's a 251 in the parent minor, right? This is a way of organizing the tune. And when you look at it right away, you can go, oh, okay, I can make sense of this tune and at least start breaking it into categories, right? Categories of chord progressions, categories of chords, and understanding it on that level, right? So I'm working with that because ultimately at a jazz gig, you're going to have to improvise. Even if you're not a, a comping instrument and are actually playing the chords, you're going to have to improvise over the chords, right? So it's important that you immediately start just understanding what the tune is and getting a basic understanding of those chords. And so that way, when you're on the gig, and let's just say you don't have time to actually memorize it or really memorizing isn't required, that when you have the chart in front of you, it's not like you're sight reading this for the first time. It's like, right, I'm really familiar with how the tune works, right, as far as the structure of it. And I'm familiar with how they flow a little bit. I've worked out the chord tones for these chords. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to do right here. We're not trying to memorize and, and all that stuff yet. We're really just trying to get familiar with it. So I'm looking at the chord chart and I'm looking through that. If I am a horn player, right, or or really any instrument that it's required of me to play the melody, you know, first and foremost, right, I'm going to be really focusing on that melody. Can I get the melody down? So now if you're a great reader, okay, then this is where it can be totally okay to, again, get out a lead sheet and look at that melody and start playing that melody, right? So if you're a great reader and you have to learn songs quickly for a performance, then I don't think there's any shame in reading. Not everybody's a great reader, though. But if you have that skill, if you are a great reader, take that to your advantage, right? Don't let, like, um, I don't know, how do, how do you call them? Jazz bros get into your head and be like, oh, man, he's reading a chart. No, no, no. You know, it's if you have to learn something quickly um, and you have these melodies that you have to do and there's a lot of music to be to be had, then having a chart in front of you, in, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're a good reader, go for it. If you're not a good reader and you feel like you have to get these melodies down, right, then that's really like the main focus, because even if you're not good at improvising over the chord changes um, quick, uh, very well, you at least have the melody down and the melody you can use to solo. So right away, this is where if you're not a good reader, I already have the playlist going. I'm going to really focus on learning this melody by ear, right? Really trying to get this fast. If you're not good at learning melodies by ear, right? That can be a problem, and that's why we need to talk a little bit about some of these deeper studying things that that we need to talk about in, in a little bit, right? But we're focusing on the melody, right, if we really need to do that. Um, but obviously, if you have those reading chops, that's your, that's your safety right there. That's a good thing to have. Now, if you're not a good reader as well, which, by the way, I'm going to raise my hand here and say I can absolutely read music, but if you're asking me if I'm a great sight reader, like could... You throw any piece of music in front of me and I'll start being able to read it flawlessly at any tempo, no matter what. The answer is no. I just wasn't trained that way. So I that's why every time someone wants to give me their original music and play it at a gig, I, I go, you have to send me the chart first, right? And so perhaps that's, um, you could call that a musical weakness. Sure, that's fine. But um, even if you're not a good reader, you at least can read the music and work it out ahead of time. And again, this is not the memorization process. This is the familiarity process. So a lot of times 
even though I'm not a great sight reader, I'm, I can read music, right? And so the ability to work it out ahead of time made it so that I could still have the chart in front of me at the gig, but because I would had already played through it a lot and all I re- really needed to do is just keep my eyes on the sheet music, I can get through and play it. I might not have it completely memorized, but because I've gotten some muscle memory down on playing the written music that I need to actually play, I can do it, right? So again, that's where like, even if you're not a good reader, but you can read, obviously use that tool. That's really important to do, okay? Um, so all these steps I just re- talked about here is a lot of just getting exposure to the music and understanding that you're not going to memorize it because we don't want to have false expectations about what we can actually accomplish. Um, you know, only really seasoned musicians who are have a lot of musical skills, like are very good readers, right? Are have very good ears. They can hear chord progressions very easily. All those things. Only those musicians are able to do that, right? And learn songs very quickly, even if they've never heard them before. And so having managed expectations for what you can and can't do is is important, I would say. Now, I just also just want to like point this out too. Many jazz gigs I've been to here around the New York area at some of the greatest clubs, right? There are many instances where, for example, at a jazz club like Smalls uh, in the Greenwich Village, where bands, you know, these aren't road bands. These aren't necessarily touring bands all the times playing at these kinds of clubs. It's kind of like a band leader got a gig and they're inviting their other, you know, um, colleagues to come in and play with them. And they want to play some charts, right? But they don't have time for rehearsal. They'll give the charts ahead of time to the bandmates, and you will see these world-class players with charts in front of them reading the music, right? Just to go to, I'm just saying all this to show you that, like, it's okay to do that, right? It's absolutely okay to have a chart in front of you uh, if you're playing a gig where you have to learn a lot of tunes very quickly, okay? So that's that's all of that right there. And again, going back to the batching idea, I call it batching, right? Five songs today. Another five songs tomorrow, another five songs tomorrow, another five songs tomorrow, and some review, right? And then we're rinsing and repeating that a little bit to get familiar enough to play the gig. Now, ultimately, right, when you go to play the gig, you have to manage expectations as well. Depending on how seasoned of a musician you are, you may not play the most amazing solos ever if you're required to learn 20 songs very quickly. And that's okay, right? The idea is, is to sound good enough to get through this gig if we're in this kind of a situation. So you have to give yourself a little bit of grace uh, as well. Now, one thing I told our Inner Circle member who asked this question during our live Q&A was, can you learn 50 songs by next week? And essentially, I said, no, (laughs) not unless you're reading this music and you have a chart in front of you. So that's a, that's kind of like a harsh reality to th- to think about here. Like, can someone learn any number of tunes in a very short period of time? Not necessarily, right? And again, definitely not memorizing them unless you have superhuman skills at doing this. 
So it's important just to understand your abilities. With all this said, right, all of this understanding of what you need to do to try to learn these songs quickly, we talked about obviously having the list of repertoire. We talked about creating playlists. We talked about getting charts in front of us. We talked about immediately learning the melodies if we need to do that. We talked about, even if we're not good readers, like at least trying to um, get the music and, and read through it so that we're at least familiar enough with it that we're not having to sight read it anymore, right? We talked about all those, all those tools that we have. We use all the tools we musically have in our arsenal to prepare us for a situation like this. But ultimately, what we really need to be doing is long-term over time, developing our musical skills so that we are resilient to having to learn lots of songs or when we go to a jam session and someone calls a song we don't know and that feels frustrating to you that you're able to go right away, get back home and learn that song very quickly. Why? Because you have lots of skills. Or the ultimate goal too is if it's a jazz standard would be to be like, I don't actually know this song, but if if I just got like the iReal Pro up really quick and looked at the changes and heard them play the melody once through, I would be like, oh, I can jump in and play this because I can hear what chord progressions sound like. Those are the skills we want to be building. So learning lots of tunes quickly is really just a survival mechanism. But what we really need to be doing is long-term over time, digging deeply into music and repertoire, learning it so well that the lessons we learn and the skills we develop working on one tune expand to many other tunes. So for example, this is why in our Inner Circle membership, the main thing that we do is we learn one new jazz standard a month, right? So a month is a good amount of time to work on a song and start learning it deeply, right? And get really intimately familiar with the changes, right? Understand how it works, where the two, five, one chord progressions are, um, how they work together, how the harmony moves, what's some jazz language we can learn over top of these chord progressions, what are the chord tones, what are the guide tones, what's a lick I can learn in all 12 keys, um, What's a playlist I can listen to of this one song, listening to like 20, 30 different versions of this song and really hear it deeply, right? You want to be doing that deep work on a regular basis so that musically you're set up to win. I mean, we hear this a lot in our, among our members, especially those who like join at first is they'll, they'll work on learning a song and they'll have hardly learned a melody by ear before in their life. And the first couple weeks feel a little bit difficult because it's a new skill. But after 30 days or so, they will report back that the next melody they learned by ear was so much easier, right? And this is exactly what happens. The more you do the essential work to improve as a jazz musician over and over again, in a way that is strategic and designed to help you improve over time, the better you're going to get. So it's really important that you are learning songs the quote unquote slow way, although I hesitate to call it that. So I recommend going back to episode um, 429. That's the last episode where I talk about how to learn a jazz song. And listen to that episode if you're curious about that process that 
I recommend for learning tunes. And it's not a learn a tune quickly. It's definitely a definitely can learn this in a month kind of a situation, but it's a learning learning a tune to get a lot out of it so that eventually when you just hear a song being played that you don't know at a jam session or a gig, you can actually pick it up fairly quickly just because you're so familiar with the chord progressions that exist with j- in jazz, right? And therefore, even if you can't play the melody, you can at least get through the changes and at least get through an improvisation, which I think is a pretty cool skill to have. All right, so that's how to learn jazz songs quickly. Yes, the strategies I mentioned, but also in the background, always be working on that deep music learning that will pay dividends when it comes to these skills that you're going to want to have as a musician in situations like this. All right, my friends. So my challenge for you today is try out some of these skills. See if you can learn maybe three songs fairly quickly using these strategies. And by the way, if you of course need help learning jazz, improving your skills, maybe there's gaps in your musical knowledge and you just don't quite know what to do in order to improve, obviously go check out our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle membership. We'd love to have you join us. LJSInnerCircle.com is where you can find that or find the link in the show notes, the description of this episode. We'd love to have you join us, help you improve as a jazz musician. All right, we're going to be coming out another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.